This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Got me, Kevin Hagland. You have Corey Majors, who is in extreme back pain. Mike Bassick, who is in the midst of building a chair. I'm the chair maker. And Alec Medford, who may be our only hope to get through the show today. You're the chair maker. It sounds like you just said the chair makes itself. You were saying it's a smart chair. Maybe that's no, sarcasm. the smart chair has like Hulu and Netflix built into it. Dope. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Isn't that what makes things smart? It has apps already on it. Right. This chair doesn't have apps on it. What a dumb chair. <laughs> but that chair will also be available for auction uh, at Peaceathon the day before Thanksgiving. We'll see. In 10 months. Maybe I keep it this time. It, oh, okay. Our chairs are horrible in here. We do have to battle for chairs. I had to steal hey. Alex's chair. Yeah, yesterday. tell me about it. <laughs> there's, w- there's one chair that I like in this place. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Mike had it. And he was already sitting in it, and oh, I didn't want to be crap. like, dude. I'm sorry. But today. And now your back hurts? Now my back hurts. I did it. Yeah. Oh. It's kind of like when I ate your uh, tempura shrimp taco. It yeah. was great. It was like one of the best tacos I've ever had. I For history's reference there, one day Derek was like, hey, I'm going to order. Holland. Yeah, Derek Holland. Could have been Derek Harper you were talking no, about. No, he has. Well, anyway, he said, I'm going to order some breakfast or some lunch. You, you guys want tacos. And so all of us were in charge. All of us were in charge of ordering our own tacos. Mm-hmm. I ordered a shrimp taco and a chicken taco or something like that. And I looked in the bag and there was no shrimp taco. And I was like, dang, I guess they forgot it. And then Mike's walking around going, man, I don't know whose shrimp taco that was, but it was awesome. And so you I was get like, all mad about God. people eating your Think Thin bars, oh, but you yeah. just saw it and you're like, I'll eat this. Oh, yeah. I wasn't specific with my tacos. I told Derek Holland on that day, I just want three tacos. <laughs> And I thought he just ordered a bunch of tacos. I didn't know that was the only shrimp tempura taco, but it was outstanding. Like, that'd they did a it, great job. Fuzzies. Make it we got better. it from I Fuzzies. Know. It was a great taco. That's why I ordered it, Mike. And I'm just telling you right now, I was really comfortable in that chair yesterday. It felt good. Oh, I, man. Physically, I feel pretty good today. Well, you know what? Now I want to make you sad because of that. Let's oh, play no. cut number one. Is this the DAC extension stuff? No. Oh. There is information there. Though. It is the Dallas Mavericks. Tatum, kick out. Holiday touches into the corner. Jalen Brown going to try that three. He hits it, and he gets fouled by Hardaway. Jalen Brown has answered Luka at every turn tonight. I know the game remained fairly close, but it felt like in the second quarter when the Celtics started to break it open and Tatum and Brown just scored pretty much whenever the hell they felt like it. They ended up with 73 points, and the Mavericks defense was horrid yesterday. Can I ask you a question, just real quick, because you said you know you felt the game the game felt really close, but then in the second quarter when they opened it up. so It, it looked close. 
I okay, didn't. Okay, gotcha. It looked close. Yes, it did. I didn't think it was close. And the final score looked close. Yes. And even throughout the game, you were like, they're within striking distance. Yes. That can be made up quickly in today's NBA. It really can. But they just never looked like they, the Mavericks never looked like they were, were the Celtics never looked like they were out of control of the game. I think the Mavs played pretty good basketball last night to their standard. But that's their standard. We we saw the we saw the standard of being a championship competitor, a team that can win it all. And heck, Boston was missing their fourth, arguably their fourth best player because right. obviously Tatum, Brown, and Holiday are better than Porzingis. And then you'd have to argue, hey, is Hortford better than Porzingis? All this stuff. I'm but, gonna take Porzingis. Yeah, and and I probably would too. But you just look at that. The Mavericks were completely and totally healthy. The Mavericks gave it all that they had. Did they play their best basketball? Without a doubt, they did not play their best basketball. But I didn't think there was an effort issue. As I've been questioning effort in the NBA, I thought the Mavs gave good effort. They were just outmatched. Yeah, they don't. They can't play. They can't play with a team that good. Okay, let me ask you this then. What if? So I I hear what you're saying. What if I told you I thought defensively, especially Luca and Lively, they were subpar to their standard. Against a team like that, I would say no. Okay. I Yes, to your standard of when they're playing the Houston Rockets, or yeah, I think they can play better defense. I think when you're taking on Denver, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Milwaukee, Boston, yeah. right? There's about a list of seven or eight teams. Billy, There's yeah. nothing they can do. Josh Green, he might be listed at 6'6", but I mean, he looks like he's 6'4", on the court. When you look at Tim Hardaway Jr., he's a bad defensive player. He's a... He's a gunner, right? That's what he that's what he gets paid to do is shoot the ball, and he shot it well a lot last night. But when you look at Luka and Kyrie, and then you team them up down the stretch with Hardaway and Josh Green, and then you don't feel comfortable yet. To your point, Derek Lively didn't have his best game because yeah. they wouldn't even play him down the stretch. Yeah. They went with Maxi Kleba because of, to your point, you're making a valid point. He wasn't having his best game. I just wonder, a 19-year-old against a championship gonna contender is yeah. going to be tough. And somebody brought this up on the fan text from the 214. Why isn't anyone talking about the fact that refereeing was one-sided? Lucas mugged on an offensive series, elbowed in the face on the next one. I honestly, there might have been a call here or there, but I, I thought refereeing had little to no impact on the outcome of this game. Did you, did you see Brown juke him to the floor? Last yeah, night. I couldn't tell if he kind of stepped on his foot, okay. like by accident. He didn't intentionally do it, but yeah, he he, he uh, got him to fall down and then shot kind of an elbow jumper for a bucket. Did yeah. you hear what happened later in the arena? They showed it again on the on the board, and you could hear Tim Hardaway Jr. yelling, "Don't show that s." And, oh, I did not. And hear I, that. I, I just for for future reference of this, the, that is that the sentiment in a home home field home arena is don't show the bad play of your superstar. That or does don't make show sense. You don't want to see him getting his ankles broken yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And Mike is like, you're like, hey, don't do that. Like if they were to show Marcus I don't know, Simeon, if I, if I give up a home run, I I feel like when I'm at the game, just for example, the biggest home run hit in Game Five was Altuve hitting the home run in the top of the ninth inning, if I have my inning right, because it was Leclerc. He might have came in in the eighth. But that was a huge home run. Right. I think they showed the replay of the pitch and the ball going out of the park. I I know it's a different sport. I don't know. When you're at a Cowboy game, I'll never go to another one the rest of my life. But when you're at the Cowboy game and Jordan Love throws a touchdown pass, do they show the replay of that? Or do they go, we can't show the replay. Jordan Love threw a touchdown. 
Now, I kind of want to do piggyback on, we saw it again in the game last night, and it's been a problem for probably two months now, is Grant Williams. So he was bad in December. He's been horrid in January. Give one example where he's been bad. Last night. <laughs> like it, like at what? Shooting. Okay. Defense. Defense. Like he he's supposed to remember shooting. Remember okay, he was defense supposed then. to be He wasn't good defensively. Defense, yes, you did. Defense. Yes, you did hire him for defense. <laughs> like literally they sold this on he is going to be your Dorian Finney-Smith replacement. And where would he be on Boston's team? Where would he He, he wouldn't play. He wouldn't play. I, don't I mean think they started play. to That's the one warning we gave. I look, I, I was still glad he was coming over, but I swore we warned you that he'd fallen out of the rotation yeah. with Boston last year for a variety of reasons. And I think he might have had the worst or second worst defensive rating on the team last night. Oops. And so I started looking through it and we talked about this last month. He wasn't good. This month, it's taken even a turn for the worse. He's averaging five points a game in the month of January. So like pretty decent sample size. He's shooting 21% from three, 35% from the field. And Grant Williams himself, he was talking to the Dallas Morning News over the weekend, and they were like, hey, what do you think about your first half of the season with the Mavericks? And he said, not good. And that's good that yes, he said that. Yes. Because there's, there's quite a few players that would not admit that. No, no. And then how do you get better if you're not honest with yourself? And so this is the tricky part is they pushed him a couple of times about his health. And one of the things that he said that really stuck out to me was, no matter if I'm 160 or 50%, I'm going to give this team all I have. If it's 50, hopefully that 50 was valuable enough to get us a win. Right now, and for the past two months, it's not if he's not healthy. Now, he could just be like, I don't want to talk about injuries because nobody's healthy at this point in the season. But, like, let's say everybody who started the season as 100% right now is like 80% health. If he's at 50 how much rest or whatever could get him back up to the 80? Because what you see the last two months, that's not going to work. So I appreciate his quote of, if I'm only 50%, I'll give you everything out of the 50%. But that's not that doesn't work right now. No, I'm, I'm with you. And you can't do this because of his veteran status. It's almost like if he's healthy, you need to send him down to the G League to work on getting better. Now, right. I don't think that he, that's not going to happen. Sure. But at this point, now that Josh Green is healthy for the next two days until he gets hurt again, and Kleba is too, I think it's best to put him on the, I call it the phantom DL, what we used to yeah. call it, but the phantom injured list and say, hey, we're going to give you possibly till the All-Star break because it's February 8th, I believe, is the All-Star break, right around there. Or, you know, we're getting sure. close, right? The next two weeks... You're not going to play in an NBA game. We're not. We're, you're not even going to suit out. So we we can't even use you. You're going to have a fake injury. Your knee hurts or whatever. So people won't say, "Are you just benching him?" No. Look, his knee hurts. He's rehabbing his knee, and he needs to almost be there with Donnie Coxstein, like an hour with Donnie Coxstein on his mental, because he's not this bad. He's. I, I want to. He's not this bad. He's never been this bad in his NBA career. So mentally, he has no confidence right now. Yeah. And then you work also not only on his mental game an hour a day, then you put in the two hours of work and practice and individual work to figure out how do I contribute to the Dallas Mavericks. And the other part, Kevin, if you're saying how long of rest, uh, 
I mean, that's difficult to predict considering For sure. you don't have a clue what is it, any injury could be. For sure. And we don't, we don't, it, Hopefully the team would. It's almost oh, as vague. Right. Yes, for us, though, it's almost as vague as hockey when it's just like upper body. It's injury, maybe. Maybe. And we're not even, we don't know anything other than he's saying it's not. Well, and just, you look at just last March, he tore a ligament in his left hand and he missed three regular season games and rode through the playoffs. That's why I said he partially fell out of rotation because of basketball purposes, partially because of injury purposes, but he tore a ligament in his left hand. He missed three day, three games, immediately got surgery after the season was over. Is that, I, it doesn't have to be a ligament, right. but you get my point. Is it something like that where he's like, I probably need surgery, but this is not a convenient time for it. Well, you'd hope I've that the, no, the Mavericks know. doctors would have done a physical on him when they signed him. So that would not be up to you that you need surgery. That would be the doctor recommending, hey, let's, this guy need, don't sign him. He needs surgery or, hey, go ahead and sign him. But he, like the Mavericks would know if that makes okay, sense. Okay, well, let me ask you a question about that. Uh, serious question. How often during the season do you just get like a physical if you don't bring anything to the concerns of the doctor? Like, let's say he banged his hand. Zero percent. Okay, so couldn't he just... He, so he's telling the media he might not be a hundred percent. He, but he's, now once you do that, then the then, then they'll probably check on then him. Yes, Jason Kidd, Nico, the trainer are going to say, "Hey, come to the office," and, and they're going to say, "Hey, what's going on?" So you haven't told us of any type of situation, and now you told the media you might not be playing at a hundred percent. Be honest with us so we can help you. Valid. We, we want to yeah. help you. I agree. And the way he did say it was crafty enough where he's like, well, it doesn't matter if I'm 100%, 60%, 50%. Cuz you could go back and be like, I didn't say I was hurt. I just yeah. said no matter what, I'll give you my all, which can be more like clichéd. Yeah, and it's a different way to answer a question sometimes, but you know, yeah, like you you're just you just answer it differently than other people. But that you're you're right, Mike. That is the responsibility of the player to be honest with the team. I know a lot of times they fear their jobs, they fear lots of things, but go back in Alexio Gondo was not pitching well uh, one season for a stretch. And the Rangers were like, what's going on? He was like, nothing, everything's fine. And it turned out he was actually injured the whole time, and it wasn't helping the team at all. Yeah. And that's that's the responsibility. I mean, the manager, the coach is supposed to see things and understand, know his players, those guys are supposed to know. And they're, but they're watching. they got to be honest. So, look, baseball, it's not easy, but you can sometimes tell with a pitcher, you will see a lack of spin rate, a lack of velocity, right? Things will go down. You're like, hey, we need to – discuss this you're saying you're not hurt but numbers aren't matching right. up to to what you were doing a month ago uh when it comes to a basketball player or a football player if it's especially a lower body body injury there's guys watching on hey he's not moving right he's not running right his gait doesn't look right and so now uh you go tell as let's say you're a defensive line coach you're telling your trainer hey go talk to him and see if he's okay because you, he doesn't look right. Tell him we're not seeing. And then you tell the trainer, hey, watch him run. Watch this play with right. me and see if if he looks like he's 100% and then uh, check on this guy. So they're, they are watching pretty closely. If a guy starts struggling to like, hey, is he hurt or is he just mentally hurt? And that's the thing about Grant Williams that we don't know. Is he more mentally hurt and not physically yeah. hurt? Because he has no confidence. He doesn't. Have you noticed when he catches the ball, he doesn't want to yes. shoot? It, ta- it takes some time and he's like, oh, crap. They're not closing out. He wants them to close out. I'll tell you who else does that. Maxi Kleba. Kleba. He wants them to cl- He doesn't want to shoot. In fact, Maxi Kleba and Grant Williams have about the same confidence in their shots. They're like, oh, crap. They're going to make me shoot this ball. That's probably like Tim Hardaway Jr. is the opposite. You'd rather have Tim Hardaway Jr.'s, oh, awesome. They threw me the ball. It's time to shoot. 
And then you have that, because with a minute and change left last night, not that the Mavs were going to come back, but sure. Hard- Hardaway's like, it's my time to shine. I'm like, you dribbling up the court and you going one-on-one where Jason Tatum smacks the ball out of your shot. Yeah. That- we do have Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic on the team, Timmy. Now... The Mavericks 24-19, they're in the eighth seed right now. A lot of flexibility between five and eight still play the Suns tomorrow. wanted to read this uh, really quick from the 254. Hopefully this will mean a lot to people out there. It means a lot to me and my wife for sure. Hey, Kevin, James from Louisville here. I know it's not Friday, but can I get a shout-out to my wife, Genesis? We're in the hospital bringing in a new Tolo Luke. He is our double rainbow baby. And y'all's conversation years ago helped us get through the rough time to this point. And if you're not familiar with the term rainbow baby, it's after when you have a baby after you've lost a baby. Like I'm most familiar with it via miscarriage, but I'm sure there's other usages of it. So congratulations to y'all and the brand new Tolo Luke. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, Mike's building his chair. Plus, after another heartbreaking loss, will the Bills ever get over the hump? Let's do it next right here on The Fan. Tyler Bass. Will- we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Try a 44-yard field goal to tie. The snap is good. The ball put down. The kick is up. and No good. Wide right. Wide right. The Bills kicker missed a field goal. Wide right. Jubilation for the Chiefs sideline. 143 to go. Bass missing wide right from 44. KNC Masterpiece right here on 1053 The Fan. Will the Bills ever get over the hump? Also, from the 817, the time lapse can be a DVD sold with the chair during Peaceathon. That is a fantastic like idea. Like an NFT time lapse DVD? Yes. Like nobody has DVD players anymore, right? Uh, well, you can have it as a keepsake. I have it on the PlayStation. Like, that's the only DVD player I, I have. I have a DVD player for when the streaming grid goes down. Oh, and at some point... But Kevin, electricity still works. At some point, your DVDs are going to be very valuable because... Hell yeah! Like, the Maxes and Hulus and stuff, they'll just forget about shows, and people will be like, where did they go? Yeah. And Kevin will be like, I got them on a hard disk right now. <laughs> now, speaking of that, by the way, Alec, do you want to talk about the Buffalo Bills or... Monday Night Raw going to Netflix. Oh, boy, man. I don't know how to feel about either of them. Did you see that? Five. Live? Netflix live? Yeah. I didn't know Netflix did anything live. Do they? Has yeah, these... they've done a couple of things. Okay. It's going to be a 10-year, $5 billion deal, I do believe. So $500 million a year for the WWE. Good for them. Is that going to work out? Wrestling? Yeah, no, no. I, mean, I think it's going to keep going. I, just, I feel like without I getting into it, it feels like there was a company who paid a lot of money for a lot of sports teams and thought it would work out, and it's not oh, working. Oh, like Bally? Yeah. I just, I don't know. It just seems like that's that's a lot of money to bank on. We know we're going to make money off of this, and now does it, will they have like a, will it cost everybody more? Or, hey, you got Netflix, because I know that my parents couldn't watch the Yogi Berra 
uh, documentary on Netflix because they have like the lowest level of Netflix. Oh, really? And then there's Netflix that we have. Yeah. And then I'm wondering if they're like, and for $20 a month, and maybe it's even that already, but for five extra dollars a month, you get to watch Raw. Yeah, I I don't think that with model, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that model would work. I'm also curious what they're going to do for commercials since it's live. I have a lot of questions about that, but I also have a lot of questions about the Buffalo Bills. I'm wearing their hump. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs. That is true. <laughs> then the answer is no. That's very. You clever. said could they get over mm-hmm. the hump, and I was like, well. It seems like Kansas City's been humping them every time in the playoffs. That is true. Do you want to hear from sad Josh yes. Allen? All right, let's go to cut 16. This is sad Josh Allen. Sucks. Losing sucks. Losing them, losing anybody at home sucks. You just losing sucks. I don't know what else to say. Like, I know we kind of chuckled there, but I do think that's a very human response. It's like, in that moment, you probably don't really care that you lost to the Chiefs, just that you lost in general, and you're not going to go to the Super Bowl. But for as much as we talk about, like, obviously we're Cowboys-focused, and this streak has been going on for a really long time. But if you're the Bills and the Bills fan base, you carry even more pain with you. I think this one for them is the realization that they can't beat Patrick Mahomes. Because they had the one seed. They had home field. They had won six games in a row in the regular season. They had won the playoff game. So they are 7-0 and in their last games. They destroyed people like the Cowboys. They yep. beat up pretty good on the Miami Dolphins. Yep. So you go into it with all the momentum, your home field, your crowd. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have Tyreek Hill. He, he doesn't have the weapons that you've had to go up against before. And you still lost. Yeah, I look at their – go ahead, Corey. Yeah, the, the other thing, too, was you crushed them in time of possession. You played your game. Right. It was 37 minutes to 22 minutes. You had the – if you watch the way that they did their game, the Bills did, they said, we're going to do everything we can to keep Mahomes off of the field. So what we're going to do offensively, we're going to take our time. We're not going to rush anything, even if we're throwing the ball. We're taking time and making sure we get complete passes – We'll run it consistently. We'll do all these things. And the Chiefs still, within that 22-minute span, were able to put 27 points up on them. So, like, that was – they everything was in their favor. Mike even pointed out all the other things. And you had them – your game plan was perfect. But Mahomes does his thing. I look at their – they were taking a logical progression for a minute. So, for example, Josh Allen, I believe, is already 5-5 five and five in the playoffs. So – He's played a ton of playoff games. 2019, you lose in overtime to the Texans in the wild card. So, not what you I want. I forget that. But yeah, yeah. But, and that was Josh Allen, his second, second year. year, making it to the playoffs. Then the, second year in the league. Yes, correct. And second year in the league, this was his first appearance yes. in the playoffs. So, then next year, you get to the AFC Championship game. You get beaten like a pretty good margin. Oh, that wasn't the coin flip game. No, that was the next year. Okay. I think Sorry. you lost by 14 that year. Okay. So you get beat by a pretty good margin, but you just took a big jump. You went from the wild card to the AFC Championship game. And even the next year, I know you went back to the only the divisional round, but you lost via a coin flip in a agonizingly close game that 
created enough public sentiment that they were going to change the overtime yeah. rules. I think everybody felt whoever won the coin flip the way was those offensive the was, was rolling, you were in trouble if and, you didn't win the coin flip. And so I don't think you necessarily look at 2021 as we've gone backwards. You know, even though you'd made the championship game, now it's only the divisional round. You were like right there. But then what happens last year, divisional round, you get absolutely smoked by the Bengals. This year, divisional round, you get the Chiefs, their first road game in the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes, and you lose again. So now you're divisional round, divisional round, divisional round. And it feels like every year they are the almost the AFC Cowboys in terms of you look at them and you're like, yeah, they should probably win, but I don't think they will. I thought the AFC Cowboys was the Chargers. That was in the before time. Yeah, that uh, was the Rivers Romo and Romo. We moved yeah, up to the Romo Bills. Era. That's yeah, good. That's yeah, right. Actually, you, you're not wrong. The even the quarterback comparison is is almost right on. You have a star wide receiver that you that should demand the ball 20 times a game, and he does. And he and he's about to be on our team. <laughs> and and we don't have any money for him. Yeah, the betting odds say he's coming here. And then well, yeah, betting odds <laughs> say a lot. That's true. They said we were going to get hated. This year, the Bills' defense was riddled with. I mean, they were their whole team got beaten up and injured. That's all. It, it, that's all. It felt like they were talking about throughout that game was how many injuries were going on for the Bills. And the Cowboys had injuries that put them in that situation. Yeah, you got a really good point about how similar those two are. But no, I. I don't know if you're if you're running that team if you're the, if you're being and you're trying to figure out what the problem is on this team right now. You're going. My coach has gotten this thing every year right in the right spot. The quarterback is something that everybody in the league would want. Like if sure. you don't have Mahomes, Josh Allen's right there where everybody in the league would say, "Yeah, I'll take that guy." And and I know people about. Whoa, hold on! No, that's not like, that's not for discussion. For those the people, most part, most yeah. GMs would say, "I'll take that." I guy. agree. Um, so the, he's got a really he's got a unique job to try and figure out what but, it is he needs to add or take away to make it better. Broadus just texted in, and I agree with him on this on this Josh Allen take and being like, I think we're trying to compare him a little bit to Dak Prescott. Is that what you're trying to do? Oh, I think he's better than Dak. Well, okay. when we were comparing teams, yes, similar storylines. But Broadus says, here's where you cut Josh Allen a lot of slack. Who has he lost to in the playoffs? Yeah, this, he's lost exactly. to and that's, three times. At this point, he's Burrow Patrick Ewing. In the Texans. Right? I yes. mean, if people don't know what I'm talking about. He's using Jordan. Patrick Ewing couldn't get past Michael Jordan. When Michael Jordan left the basketball world he made it to the nba finals unfortunately at that point if you were a knicks fan or patrick ewing fan he lost to hakeem olajuwon but literally the knicks were the second best team in the east for three years and a really good team unfortunately there was a guy in michael jordan who wouldn't let them win and that's where i think the bills fan base has to be so frustrated or the bills organization has to be so frustrated because these parallels are amazing to me from 1989 to 1993, the Bills averaged 11.6 wins per season. These past five years, the Bills averaged 11.6 wins per season. But, but not as good, right? Exactly. And those previous Bills... Only played 16 games. That is true. But those previous Bills also made it to four straight Super Bowls and then missed on a kick wide right. These Bills only made it to one AFC championship game and the run ends with kick to the wide right. And they're going to build another stadium without a roof. And the yeah. wind's going to be just yeah. as bad. So 27 years from now, they're going to miss another one wide right. Well, and be like, Scott Norwood, I don't think, had any wind, right? 
Yeah, I, he just he just pushed that. that. I don't know where that. That felt like a different time for kickers as well, where if you had a 47-yard field goal, you're like, let's cross our fingers. Now if it's 47 yards, you're like, this guy sucks if he misses it. So I feel like kicking has changed. And so I guess I'm to the point of that my comparison with the Bills and the Cowboys was more for the team than the quarterback. Yes, is, that was kind of my Do you look at that. the Bills now and you're like, They'll be good. They'll be good again next year. They'll probably be good again the year after that. But they're always going to be stopped. Will they? I, the thing that I'd say I don't know, I don't know if they're going to have the one seed again. If you are sorry, the two seed, because they had the home field over three seed Kansas City. Baltimore is still going to be around. Cincinnati should come back as a good team next year as long as Burroughs healthy. Lamar should be a good team again. Patrick Mahomes, we're finding out. He's the Michael Jordan of football. Like, right. He just, for some reason, can't be beat. He's been beat before. Maybe Lamar will take him out this time. But at this point, I'm starting to go, should I ever bet against Mahomes, no matter who's on his team, when it comes playoff time? He, I get it. That's how you elevate a game against the better teams. If you're wondering, Cowboy fans, no, nobody, no. Just watch Patrick Mahomes and see what he does regular season and then what happens when it's do or die games. And I would just say you have other up-and-coming teams, whether it's the Houston Texans. Obviously, the Jaguars took a step back. He does have Tua T most likely in his division the next four years. Sure. I'm not. He's better than Tua T, but that's that's a rival. That's a team that can take that division from you. And I don't know. Aaron Rodgers, is he going to come back and be good at football and be healthy? I don't know, but he's in the division too. So I don't know if they're going to have as good an opportunity as they had this year to beat at least the Chiefs. They would have had to go to Baltimore and beat Baltimore there. That was not going to be easy. But beating the Chiefs, at this point, it, it has to be in their head. How can we beat this team? When, Mike, you you said you talked about the Cowboys um, in the past inability to make it consistently to the playoffs and how important that is. Like yes. Being able to be in that opportunity because let's say you have the down year. From from a couple other teams in in the right. league or in your division, that gives you that opportunity. Yeah. You, so you had it. You're 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 consistently in the playoffs, and maybe you do get lucky that one year, and the the road to the Super Bowl isn't that difficult. That's what you say. Okay, is Josh Allen the problem? And you take him away. I say, you know, with that team, you stick with it as long as you can. Maybe you get lucky along one of those. Maybe you run into the right thing, or maybe your team gets tired of losing to this thing. And they, they find that way. And, and I guess that's the interesting thing about this whole deal to me is when you look back there in the AFC Championship game in 20, they changed the overtime rules essentially in 21 because of those amazing game, yeah. that amazing game against the Chiefs. Would you have thought just two years later we'd be sitting here and, Corey, you would lay out Maybe one of those years they get lucky and make it to the Super Bowl. I don't think there's any way people thought that was going to be the progression. Of All this. I saw was that those two would be battling in yeah. epic games forever, and I don't know what the outcome was going to be. I, I had no clue if Josh Allen was ever going to rise up over it. So far, it hasn't happened. Maybe it will. Yeah, and then now if you have get Lamar lucky. Jackson. is like, you're done. It's my turn. Yeah, exactly. And we'll see if Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is like, but it's not. It's still my turn. It's always my turn. And I think a lot of the league was probably looking at it going, God, Aaron Rodgers is about to come in here and say it's his turn. Even I, I bet the Bills were concerned about that this year when Aaron Rodgers stepped into New York. And that yeah. team was good. And they were a quarterback away, and they still are. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, 
It's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Bashak. Who's the lefties in the pen in 2024? And we look at the greatest third basemen of all time. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan right now. It's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Bashak. All right, Baseball Nuggets. You know what? They're brought to you by Twin Peaks Eat Drinks and Scenic Views. I would like to tell you guys something last night. I was flipping... Uh, channels and I went to MLB Network. I love that channel. And they were playing just the end of one of the Ken Burns. I don't know what inning it was, right? It's a 10 inning documentary. So he made a 10th inning for like the last oh, yeah. 15 years of baseball. He kind of, I don't know, 2000, let's say 14 or so, he put out the 10th inning or whatever. I just like to say this I truly love baseball. Like I can't get enough. I would. I think as I'm further away from my career, so when I take shots at people, I like to tell I can take shots at myself. I was not a good major leaguer. I was a poor, I was probably in the bottom 20% of major leaguers of all time. I did make it. I thought I was going to be better, wasn't better. So when I take shots, I understand. I mean, people can take shots at me and I'm like, you are right. I am worse than Dwight Powell at baseball than he is at <laughs> basketball. You, I, will not oh argue, I will not argue that. I am a worse baseball player than Dwight Powell is at basketball. Say, you know, when that Dak is what Dak is a hundred times better at football than I'll, I ever was at baseball. But, you just wanted to be better. But the further away I get from my playing career, which was a disappointment to me, it was heartache. There was depression on my major league career. I loved baseball so much, and I kind of—I don't want to say fell out of love with baseball. It just hurt me so much that there was a there was a lost love at times with the game. But as I'm further away from my career, and there's no way in the world if anybody's like Mike, you should come back and pitch when the Rangers are losing ten to zero, and I'm on the Bally set getting ready for the no. Like I throw like seventy two miles an hour now, and nobody really wanted me when I could throw eighty seven miles right. an hour. Yeah, so end up getting parked. Yeah. So I would just like to say watching MLB Network last night and they were talking about when Babe Ruth died and they showed the funeral. This was part of the Ken Burns. I just I love baseball like there is a love and a passion for baseball that besides my wife or kids or family and stuff like that. I don't know if I love anything when I talk about a thing. I don't know if I love anything more than baseball. And so I just like to say what I was watching last night. I was like I love this game. I love Baseball, I just, I truly love it. And it's changed throughout time. It stayed the same throughout time. And I would just like to say, I still love baseball. So that being said. How much did the Rangers, like, it helped when, it all when you're change. watching a season, when you've watched, was it five or six years of, of under 500 baseball? Six. Like, yeah, six. Yeah. So six years, it was the longest streak ever in Rangers history Correct. of playing under 500 year to year. When you do that, I'm not saying I, I was losing love of baseball. It Yes, it was not as enjoyable the majority of the times that I'm doing a pre- and post-game show to be talking about a loss or, hey, how can they turn this around and win since they lost yesterday? Right. That's not as fun. This did help out a lot. When you're watching a team compete for a playoff spot, play good baseball, and then make a run, and now when you're watching MLB Network and you're just like, I love baseball. Yes. I truly love baseball. Um, now, that being said, I will go to current baseball, and then I'll go to third baseman baseball. Current baseball. Araldis Chapman signed with the Pittsburgh Pirates on a one-year $10 million deal. So the Rangers – not saying they lost Araldis Chapman. I don't even know if they were bidding for him. To be honest, I don't even know if they made an offer. Maybe they did. I don't know. But 
I got a text from a friend, and I've talked to people about Araldis Chapman throughout when we were at Buffalo Wild Wings yeah. and stuff, right? A lot of Ranger fans did not want Araldis Chapman back because of the roller coaster that he is. Sure. Totally get it. And I would warn people back in July, don't make him a closer. Make him what he's doing, an every other day type of guy who pitches the seventh or the eighth inning. And they're like, you're crazy. Look how unbelievable he is. Put him in the role of being the guy who wins or loses the game at the end. I'm like, you don't want to do that. And Will Smith wasn't doing well anymore, so they had to, right? And Jose LeClerc wasn't back and ready to do what he ended up doing in the playoffs. And so people started falling out of love with Araldis Chapman. And he was a roller coaster in the playoffs, right? Yeah, he was. He would have two outs. And who knows after right. that? He was kind of the only reliever that I felt like could get out Jordan Alvarez. I could see that. And so I'm going to miss Araldis Chapman on this team. The thing is, is if you're okay with leave, losing him, which is fine. I understand. It's okay to lose him. He's not the he's not the reason you won or the reason you lost. He helped you at times, and at times he put you in tough situations. Right. So Sometimes in the same appearance. 100%, right? Uh, he could... The first three guys could get on, and then he could strike out the next two guys, or he could throw a wild pitch, and the game's over, and you're walking off the field. You're like, son of a gun, that what just happened. Yeah, they didn't even yes. hit the ball. They just walked and then got to the bases they needed to get to by stealing them or a wild pitch. But the thing that I am worried about right now is who replaces a Raldis Chapman when you're facing Kyle Tucker's not going to be that bad every game that he was in the playoffs. Right, Jordan Alvarez is arguably the best left-handed hitter in the game. So when you're facing the Astros for a playoff spot or when you're facing, uh, let's just say, the New York Yankees in a big game and Juan Soto comes up in the seventh or eighth inning and you need a lefty to get these guys out, Brock Burke, that's it. That's that's your option. I think Andrew Heaney's more of a, a spot starter, long reliever. Same thing with Cody Bradford. He's not a lefty-on-lefty lefty guy. Bradford, I like him. But he's not a lefty-on-lefty lefty guy. He's kind of more over-the-top, fastball, change-up, mix in a breaking ball. That's not a lefty-on-lefty lefty guy. So I don't know how to replace Araldis Chapman. I'm not saying they should have gave him $10 million, but what I'm saying is, is okay, if you're happy Araldis isn't on the team because of the emotional roller coaster he puts you on, now when lefties come up late in the game – I don't know who the Rangers turn to. Yeah, he's a unique beast to the league. Like, not you know, if you get him, you're like, oh man, this is exciting that we have him. Uh, but uh, and and you can look at him and say that he does help in a lot of situations whenever you're trying to do exactly what you're saying right there. But not they're not easy to find at all. So you're gonna have to make do with something else. Now, it's Kirby Yates. He's right-handed. Right-handed. We ha we don't have a, a single other left-hander. Well, you have Brock Burke, Andrew Heaney, and Cody Bradford yeah, that I think will – I know – you think two of those are going to be in the yeah, starting mix. At least one yeah, of them will yeah. be, right? And so now you're like, okay, so one is a lefty long reliever, yeah. middle reliever. The other one in Brock Burke, it seemed like at like times Bochy didn't have the most confidence in him. Now, that can change year to year, but it felt like last year – Bochi didn't want to put Brock Burke in big situations as the season progressed. Yeah, it's a tough. I mean, it's a tough place to lose, especially if you're trying to keep people's confidence high, which Bochi believes in very strongly. And I are those guys, Mike, do you feel like they're more like six out guys where it might or six hitter guys where it might take them six hitters to get the three outs that you want? Whereas it felt like Chapman. Maybe the three that you well, it might be six depending. Yeah, charities. depending. But it just feels like with Andrew Heaney, I feel like. You know, I'm going to get an inning out of him. And it might be a hit, but, yeah. you know, here and there. So that's kind of the – I don't feel like he's a strikeout 
you're probably going right. to get three. You could get three strikeouts this inning. Second and third, yeah. one out. Here comes up. You know, I'm just naming. I don't want I'll the go, ball even in play. Jordan Alvarez is coming up with Kyle Tucker behind him. You're like, all right, where's our lefty to get us out of that situation? I'm not saying Araldis was perfect at it. Bad he was contact, not. Bad contact or strikeout is what you're hoping to get out of, out of in that inning, in those innings. And honestly, the Pirates, I think they signed him to trade him. They I think he's did. in a Kansas City Royal situation. Now, not as bad as the Royals were last year. Pittsburgh's okay. They're not bad. But I struggle to see Pittsburgh being a playoff contender next year. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. But I would look at what Pittsburgh did is they offered him the most money. Araldis took it. And I guess you can get back Araldis Chapman in another trade if you need him in July. Probably not for too much. Yeah, and you wouldn't have to give up much. He's on a one. He'd at that point be owed about $5 million the rest of the year. And you have to give up another. Look, he went off and did great. But at the time, Cole Reagans looked like, is he a major league pitcher or not? He hasn't proven it, but he has the ability to be. And he went off to Kansas City and had a great two and a half months. Will, will you have to give up another Cole Reagans? Like, I don't know who that person is. I'll just, I'll name a guy. He's higher ranked in, on your list. But, like, would you have to give away this time Owen White to get the, and it doesn't have to be a Raldis Chapman. It just, to get, to get that guy. To get that lefty you're missing in your pen, you're probably going to have to give up somebody decent that another team sees that they can get more out of that than you're getting out of that. Uh, okay, can I add this question to the conversation? Here in a few weeks, pitchers and catchers report. Right. Or uh, yeah, and February 12th through the 15th is when all teams report for pitchers and catchers. If you have Araldis Chapman in that spot, then maybe you don't have the opportunity to see what other younger guys might be able to add. I hear you. I know there's a dude from Frisco. I'm sorry I don't have it all pulled up in front of me. The Rangers don't really have premium left-handed prospects ready to help you out. Okay. But and, and I do, it gives I do them wonder, an opportunity. This kind of gives you a chance to see what you got and go, nah, not good enough. Or, oh, hold on, we didn't know he worked on this in the offseason and we needed him to. Well, I don't know. And to this, Kevin, I think you'd say, you're okay with letting Araldis Chapman go. It's not like you hated him, no, but no. it's just wow. that you felt like $10 million was a Man, when too- I saw that number, I was like, oh, yeah. And no. Will Smith got six. Which is crazy. To me. So it does go to show you how limited left-handed yeah. good left-handed relief pitching is, right? Because we're all this Chapman who a lot of Ranger fans are like, oh, I don't have to watch him anymore. Thank God. It was so much well, fun. A team gave him $10 million, <laughs> and I'm guessing the Pirates, which is a low-market, low-budget team, they probably had to beat somebody giving him eight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It might which have not been 9.5. Which probably with Will Smith, too, right, in the Royals? Yeah, and I think the Royals were just spending quickly to try to get veteran guys to okay. change the culture yeah. of the team, and since he's won three championships in a row and – Great for Will Smith. He got another $6 million to play baseball again. I think they were trying to change culture more than like we're going to out. We, we got to make sure we give him six because somebody's offering him five, if that makes okay. sense. Like yeah. for $6 million, it's worth it if he can get our attitudes changed into more of a winning type attitude. I think with Araldis Chapman, you see, if you want what is considered an above average left-handed reliever, it's going to cost you $10 million, and he's old enough that it's only one year. If a dude's 31 years old and he's a good left-handed reliever, it will cost you 10 to 15 a year right. for multiple years. And if they're the best left-handed reliever, we just saw five years, $95 million. Wow. And I'll get to third baseman's and the list that Beltre's on. Okay. I'll get to that, and Mike likes it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.